The Joy of M Sports presents The Sweet Spot with Corey Bradley. Welcome to The Sweet Spot, sponsored by Pinchapenny Pool, Patio, and Spa. I'm your host, Corey Bradley. Thank you for joining us for another episode on The Sweet Spot as we will dive into the conference championships in the NFL playoffs. The AFC conference championship is between the Bills and the Chiefs. The NFC conference championship game is between the Buccaneers and the Packers in Lambeau Field. So we will talk about those matchups. I will give my predictions on who I think will win, who this year's Super Bowl uh participants will be but before we get into talking about the NFL teams who are still playing I'm going to talk a little bit about some of the most recent transactions that have taken place in the NFL I mean first of all you got to think about Philip Rivers deciding to hang up his cleats for good I don't think many people expected it to happen and we knew it was a possibility that he would contemplate giving it up but you know, he's just a gamer. He's a guy that, that never quits. He talks a lot of trash. You know, he, he's the one that likes to have fun and, and rib, you know, some of the opponents. But um, he's a guy that just enjoyed the game. And, you know, I thought maybe he had one more year left in him. This was his only year as an Indianapolis Colt. And it would have been nice to see him come back for a second year underneath Frank Reich's offense underneath Chris Ballard in that umbrella and the amazing job that he's done as the general manager for the Colts. Uh, I would loved, would have loved to see him come back for a second year, maybe a training camp, maybe a preseason where you're not necessarily having to learn, learn on the fly with everything that, that was cut short this past year with, you know, the NFL kind of just going with the flow. No really, uh, like I mentioned, training camp for the guys to – get acclimated with new teammates and new staff members but you know Philip Rivers deciding to hang him up for good uh, leaves the Colts in a very interesting predicament going into the offseason as now they will for sure need to find out who their future signal caller is going to be is it going to be Jacob Eason the former Georgia product who transferred to Washington they drafted him in last year's April draft is it going to be him do they take somebody in the first or second round of the upcoming draft do they make a trade for Matt Stafford or Matt Ryan or even Carson Wentz what do the Colts do going into this offseason to solidify that position moving forward the quarterback position we know is one of the most important positions in all sports and if you don't have a quarterback then you're not going to be a true contender, especially with some of these AFC quarterbacks that are, you know, making a making a rise or on the rise and been on the rise. You think of Mahomes and Allen and Deshaun Watson, who's currently still in the AFC. We'll see if he gets traded or not. So staying on the topic of signal callers, my Pittsburgh Steelers decided to sign Dwayne Haskins, the former first-round pick from Ohio State who was recently waived by the Washington football team. Before I decide to share my thoughts on the signing, whether it was a good decision or a bad decision by my team in Steel City, I'm going to share a few of my favorite acquisition moments over the years. So going back to my San Antonio Spurs, when we... You know, we just won the NBA championship in 2014. We beat the Miami Heat. 
the draft is in the same month of the NBA Finals in the month of June. And so when it came to our pick, there was about two or three guys I was hoping for that we would select. And it was between Kyle Anderson and Clee Anthony Early. Clee Anthony Early played at Wichita State. Kyle Anderson played at UCLA. But it wasn't just me who was hoping that Kyle Anderson would go to the San Antonio Spurs. Listen to Kyle Anderson himself as he shares his thoughts with a group of kids at a local school about the pre-draft process and the team that he hoped would select him in the June 2014 NBA draft. I would love to go. This team has too late of a draft pick. I want to go much higher, but I would love to play for the Spurs. Uh, you guys like watching the Spurs? You guys gotta watch every. You know they're always on TNT and they're they're about their business. You guys gotta watch them, cause the way they play the game is is it's 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 beautiful. It's to watch. With the 30th pick in the 2014 NBA Draft, the San Antonio Spurs select Kyle Anderson from UCLA. I mean, how impressive is that? For Kyle Anderson to say, I want to go to the San Antonio Spurs and the San Antonio Spurs draft him, you know, you think about speaking it into existence and calling things forth, that's that's pretty neat. That's pretty cool, um, you know, to see that play out the way that not only as I hoped, but as Kyle Anderson himself hoped as well, as he's now currently a member of the Memphis Grizzlies, but, you know, he had a great run with the Spurs as well. Now, Another one of my favorite moments with San Antonio was when we signed LaMarcus Aldridge in July of 2015 on the 4th of July. That was fireworks that went off in San Antonio when he announced his decision to sign with the San Antonio Spurs. And, you know, that was a huge moment for me as well. My Florida Marlins, now Miami Marlins, when we acquired Pudge Rodriguez, the catcher from the Texas Rangers, who was just a stud during the 90s. When the Marlins acquired him, I was completely shocked. I didn't know that was a possibility. And, you know, you never know with the Marlins what direction they're going. But when they made a move and acquired Pudge Rodriguez, that was the beginning of great things. As we know, Rodriguez was the backstop, the leader of that 03 World Series championship team. Now, moving on to my Pittsburgh Steelers and some of the Amazing moves that they've made that I absolutely loved. i got to start out with Joe Hayden. Joe Hayden, he was a first-round pick by the Cleveland Browns. The Browns released him, and I was hoping Pittsburgh would sign him. And sure enough, the Steelers signed him, and he's still currently a Steeler to this day. We'll see if that remains during the offseason. As we know, there's quite a bit of a cap situation with my Pittsburgh Steelers. Another one of my favorite moves when it came to my Pittsburgh Steelers in the secondary as well, Minka Fitzpatrick. When he became available on the trade block, I was hoping, come on, Pittsburgh, somehow, some way, acquire Minka. We need a safety. Do what it takes to get Minka Fitzpatrick. And sure enough, we indeed acquired Minka Fitzpatrick for a first-round pick in the following year's draft. And I still have that screenshot to this day. Like, I was so stoked that we 
actually got Minka Fitzpatrick. You, you guys know Minka down here in the Alabama area. I mean, one of the best players in the secondary to ever come through Alabama. He's a jack-of-all-trades. He can do so many things for your defense. And the fact that we made that move and it was a position of need, like we needed a safety. If we would have kept that first-round pick for the next year, we would have probably taken a safety because that's what we needed. So to go get a guy like Minka who was young and proven and, you know, he's already made the All-Pro team twice, Deuce amazing. So that was one of my favorite moments for sure. James Washington, the receiver out of Oklahoma State, who put up incredible, humongous numbers down in Stillwater. You know, I was stoked when the Steelers drafted him in the second round with the 60th pick back in the 2018 NFL draft. And then, you know, every year when it's NFL draft time, I'm looking at maybe two or three QBs that if my Steelers were to take somebody, who would I hope they would take? Well, in that same draft, 2018, my guy Mason Rudolph, who was James Washington's quarterback at Oklahoma State, we didn't have another pick until the third round. Every single pick, I'm hoping it's not Mason Rudolph until we get back on the clock and hopefully we select Mason Rudolph. Well, guess what? Sure enough, our Steelers are on the clock and we indeed select Mason Rudolph in the third round with the 76th pick. So to go from 60 to 76, we took Washington at 60, Rudolph at 76, until I was sweating every pick, like, please don't take Rudolph, please don't take Rudolph. And then for us to get on the clock and we take Mason Rudolph, who I'm hoping, and I believe is the future signal caller whenever Big Ben retires, uh, I believe Mason Rudolph is that guy. So you could kind of see maybe a little bit how I feel about our quarterback situation, but I'm going to share some of my least favorite um, acquisitions as well, just for Pittsburgh, just for the Steelers. So, a few of my least favorite moments. I got to start with Sammy Coates, receiver from Auburn. Uh, of course, you know, he made big plays at Auburn University, but I did not want him in Pittsburgh because he is a one trick pony. He is just all speed and didn't really run great routes. It's like. Okay, I need my receivers to be able to run the entire NFL route tree. Can you run a dig? Can you run a curl? Can you run a corner route? Can you run a post route? I don't need my guys to just be able to run fly routes. So that's one thing I didn't like about Gus Malzahn and his offense. The receivers didn't really run the entire NFL route tree, so they weren't really fully prepared for that next step being in the NFL. So I absolutely did not like Sammy Coates being drafted by Pittsburgh because he also was inconsistent with his hands. So if you're a receiver, I need you to be sure-handed. Like, that's why you play in the position is because you can catch. Another player from the SEC that my Pittsburgh Steelers selected was Josh Dobbs, the quarterback out of Tennessee. I absolutely despised that pick because he didn't – he he had some moments at Tennessee, but he had a lot of inconsistent – play as well in Knoxville and I remember reading his scouting report coming out of the draft or coming out of college into the NFL draft the weaknesses said he is inaccurate and he needs to make better decisions you don't need to play quarterback then if you if you're inaccurate as a pastor and you make bad decisions with the ball you're playing the wrong position 
And he was the one guy I was hoping. Like I mentioned, every year I'm looking at maybe two or three guys that if my Pittsburgh Steelers were to take a QB, who are we going to take? Who would I like for us to take? And I was hoping we wouldn't take Josh Dobbs, but sure enough, we drafted Josh Dobbs. Now, we did trade him, but he's back in Pittsburgh again. So I've given you my favorite moments and my least favorite for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Which side of the fence does Dwayne Haskins belong? Some of you that already know me already know this answer. But those of you who don't know me on that level, Dwayne Haskins going to Pittsburgh is one of my least favorite moments. I I don't get it. I don't understand why. I hope it doesn't work. It's weird that you say that about one of your your teams and and now he's a Steeler, but I I don't like it. I don't like Dwayne Haskins. I didn't believe in him coming into the NFL. He, I did an episode, one of my first, you know, few episodes, I talked about Dwayne Haskins and his selfishness and how he, you guys remember that that moment where he was with the Washington football team in his first year and the team was on defense. They had a lead. Well, they got the ball back, and they needed somebody to take a knee to, to end the game, and they're looking for the starting quarterback, Dwayne Haskins, and he's over there with fans taking selfies. Don't need my QB or any player on my team to do that, especially not my QB. You're the leader. You're The game's not over until it's over. There's plenty of times with pitchers. So for this guy to do that, and I knew then, I was like, okay, it's not going to work in Washington. So when they waived him, I wasn't I wasn't shocked, wasn't surprised. Thought that was a great move, perfect decision. But now I wish they didn't make the decision because now he's with my team. Like, why would we go get this guy when he is clearly not in the right mindset to be a professional? Um, just disappointing, disappointing. Out of all the the right moves that we've made over the years, don't take a chance on a guy like this. I don't care what the talent looks like. If your mind's not there, it doesn't matter. The mindset is more important than the physical uh, physical aspect because I don't care how talented you are. If you're not devoted mentally, emotionally, who cares about the physical? So uh, we'll see. I just hope it's a very short stay for Mr. Haskins in Pittsburgh and we can move on from him and focus more on my guy Mason Rudolph being – the future QB for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Stay tuned for more of this episode on The Sweet Spot as I will share my picks for the AFC and NFC Conference Championship games here on The Sweet Spot. Hey, this is Alexis Milanowski for the Houston Academy Raiders. You're listening to The Sweet Spot with Corey Bradley on the Joy FM Sports. RLC Shirts is a family-owned and operated custom apparel and gift business, providing custom printing and embroidery on t-shirts, polos, hats, boots, baby apparel, scarves, bags, and more. For churches, schools, sports organizations, family reunion t-shirts, or businesses that need personalized workwear or promotional apparel, RLC Shirts can help with no minimum order. Phone 334-899-4339 or online rlcshirts.com. 
Care Animal Center is a business ministry partner with the Joy FM. Their goal has always been to assemble a team that's dedicated to providing quality veterinary services for their clients' pets. Care Animal Center offers surgical, dental, medical, and pet wellness programs for that furry member of the family. Their website is care-animal.net. Care Animal Center, 3454 West Main Street in Dothan. Phone 334-794-6333. Pinch a Penny Pool, Patio, and Spa is a proud business ministry partner with the Joy FM. More than just a full-service pool and supply company, they offer backyard entertainment options like big green eggs, clear light infrared saunas, and patio furniture. Now locally owned and operated by Jason and Amy Sharp, Pinch a Penny Pool, Patio, and Spa, 1435 Westgate Parkway in Dothan. Phone 334-671-POOL. Hey, this is Will Holland for the Wiregrass Kings, and you're listening to The Sweet Spot with Corey Bradley on the Joy FM Sports. Welcome back to The Sweet Spot, sponsored by Pinch a Penny Pool, Patio, and Spa. So as we dive in to my picks for this week, We'll start with the first game, the NFC Conference Championship game at 2.05 p.m. on Fox on Sunday afternoon. The Green Bay Packers, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, will meet again as this is the second meeting between these two teams. As the first meeting, you know, Green Bay jumped out to a 10-0 lead in the first quarter. And that was all that they scored. Tampa Bay scored 38 unanswered points. And, you know, that was a game where I was – I've never seen Aaron Rodgers look so bad on the football field. I mean, he could not do anything in that first matchup between the Packers and the Buccaneers. So starting out with a few of my keys to the game, I'm going to give keys for the Packers. I'm going to give keys to the Buccaneers. And I'll do the same for the AFC Conference Championship matchup between the Bills and Chiefs. So starting out with the Green Bay Packers, a team that's just coming off of their divisional win over the Rams, beating them 32-18. to For them, against Tampa Bay, they're going to need to target their second and third options. We know Devontae Adams is one of the best receivers in the game, if not the best. Well, in that first meeting against the Bucks, he had six catches for 61 yards. Those six catches was his second fewest in a game this season. Those 61 yards were a his third fewest that he had as far as yard totals um, for this season as well. And they both came against the Bucks in that first matchup. So they're going to need to target their second and third options. And we know Aaron Rodgers is one of the best quarterbacks to ever play the game, but the Packers haven't really done him much of a favor when it comes to surrounding him with great talent on a perimeter. And you go back and look at April's draft of last year, they used their first-round pick, a pick where they traded up to select a player, and it was not a receiver. It was not a tight end, a position of need to help your Hall of Fame quarterback. Instead, Green Bay selected Utah State's signal caller Jordan Love like that was one of the worst decisions I've seen in recent history because you have Aaron Rodgers one of the best to ever play that position and you go draft another quarterback when Aaron Rodgers 
has plenty left in this tank. So I don't I don't get why they made that decision to get a young quarterback. I mean, it's okay to get a young quarterback and have somebody that can learn underneath Aaron, but you don't do that in the first round when Rodgers has four or five years left, good good years, four or five years left to play in the NFL and be at an elite level. I mean, this guy's about to win another MVP award, and who knows, maybe it'll be another Super Bowl, too. We'll see. So this is where they need to target those second and third options. I mean, you look at Alan Lazard, you look at Marquez Valdez-Scantling. They're solid players, but I don't think they're enough if Devontae Adams has another game where he's six catches and 61 yards. Are those players... Can they do enough to get a victory? Because Valdez Scantlin is a kind of a one-trick pony. He's a speed guy. You take shots down the field with him. Alan Lazard came along pretty good last year, uh, late in the season. But this year he's battled injuries and hasn't really been the same. So that's going to be the key. They're going to have to target the second and third options. Even the tight end, Robert Tanyan, get him involved. He can't just be a tight end option down in the red zone. He's going to have to make plays. Uh, down the field as well so that is one of the keys for the Packers if they're going to beat green uh, beat Tampa Bay any way possible they're going to have to target their second and third options and not solely rely on Devontae Adams now the other key for the Packers Green Bay needs that state farm insurance because they need some protection when it comes to Aaron Rodgers because I'll tell you in that first meeting against Tampa Bay October 18th they sacked Aaron Rodgers five times, five times, and then that's five sacks. So that's not even counting the QB pressures and the hits that they got on Aaron without sacking him. So even if you don't sack a quarterback, just getting pressure on him, letting him feel your presence can be enough to rattle uh, a signal caller of any level and of any caliber. So that's what the Buccaneers defense did back in October, and – you know, this Tampa Bay defense is much better than what they were a few months ago. And talking about that State Farm insurance that Green Bay needs, they don't have their all-pro tackle, David Bakhtiari. He tore his ACL on the last day of the year, December 31st. Two days later, he was named to the all-pro team. So that lets you know his worth and how valuable he is to that team. So if they had him back in October 18th and gave up five sacks, what do you think is going to happen against this defense this time, this go around? So that Packers, they're going to need to target second and third options, and they also are going to need that State Farm Insurance. Mr. Discount Double Check, Aaron Rodgers is going to need some kind of protection against this amazing Tampa Bay front seven that can create pressure in so many different ways. As far as keys to the game for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, a team that's coming off a 30-20 victory over the New Orleans Saints. Their first key to the game is to weather the cold. Yes, weather the cold. It's a play on words. They're going to need to do just that because Sunday afternoon, 2.05 p.m. at Lambeau Field in Wisconsin, it's supposed to be 29 degrees. So you're taking a team from Florida, the team that's been playing in the heat and accustomed to the heat, up north to play in 29-degree weather. We know Tom Brady used to. He's played in New England for several years and decades. So the rest of the team, 
weather the cold. You know, a lot of times you say weather the storm, you know, anytime, let's say, uh, you're on the road and you're in a tough situation, you know, there's going to be some bumps and bruises early in that game. For Tampa Bay, they need to weather the cold. Don't let that cold weather get you out of your game plan, get you out of your mindset, get you out of that right state of mind where you need to be to beat a team like the Green Bay Packers because Green Bay is legit. Last year they were in the, in the NFC Championship game as well before they lost to the Niners. Here they go again in the NFC Conference Championship game, but hosting this game this year. This is what Aaron Rodgers was hoping for. He wanted to have that home field advantage. Even though it's not the same with fans not being there, they still are at home in their home stadium. They don't have to worry about traveling, and they're a little more accustomed to that cold weather than Tampa Bay is. Now, the next key for Tampa Bay is to get pressure on Rodgers consistently. Like I said, you want to get pressure on any quarterback, especially an elite quarterback, Sack them. That's of course what that's what you want is to get sacks. We all know that. But even if you don't get sacks, get pressure on them. Get those QB hits, those QB hurries. Make Aaron throw the ball f- before he's completely ready. Like I said, in that first matchup, I've never seen Aaron Rodgers look so bad on the football field. Like he is a a star QB who makes very little mistakes, and so to see him against that Tampa Bay defense and looked like he was a rookie that was playing for the very first time. It was it was really baffling for me to see that on that Sunday afternoon. So I don't expect it to be on that level this go-round, where the Buccaneers scored 38 unanswered to win 38-10. to 10. I don't see it being that drastic of a, uh, of a beatdown or anything like that. But Tampa Bay, they're going to need to get pressure on Rodgers consistently, force him to make bad throws, force him to speed up his progression and not go through his full progression when he's making his reads during each play. So Tampa Bay, those are their keys. Get pressure on Rodgers consistently and weather the cold, that 29-degree weather. So when it comes to my pick on who I believe will win, you know, I'll say this first before I share my pick. I had my guy Rex Ruiz on the show a few months ago or maybe about a month or so ago, and you know, we I asked him the question who I thought his best NFC team would, was, and he said the Packers, and I said Tampa Bay. And here we go. The two teams that we picked are going to – one of them is going to be representing the NFC in the Super Bowl, and one of us will be right. Will it be Rex? Will it be me? I'm leaning. I'm still going with Tampa Bay. I'm going to stick by my, by my selection. I wavered throughout the week. But when I sat down and looked at the matchup, looked at how this Tampa Bay team is really hitting their stride at the right time, I'm going to stick by my guns and say this Tampa Bay defense are on a whole nother level. And the Packers defense, they're not a slouch. Like their secondary is really good. Jair Alexander is one of the best corners in the NFL. But their run defense isn't the best. And the Buccaneers, they have their moments rushing the ball offensively with Ronald Jones and Leonard Fournette. But in that cold weather... This is a a chance for them to assert their dominance up front and take advantage of the Packers in that run game. So I'm going Tampa Bay to win this game. I think Tom Brady will do just enough, but it will be the defense that makes the difference and have the Buccaneers representing the NFC in the Super Bowl. Tampa Bay playing in the Super Bowl in Tampa to be the first team to play the Super Bowl in their whole stadium.
And for the AFC Conference Championship game, the Buffalo Bills and the Kansas City Chiefs in Arrowhead Stadium. The Bills coming off a 17-3 victory over the Baltimore Ravens. A game that was, uh, you know, it was tough for both teams playing in that wind up in Buffalo. Both kickers, Tyler Bass of the Bills, Justin Tucker of the Ravens struggled. Um, passing was tough, but, you know, the Bills, they did just enough to keep the Ravens in check. And when Lamar Jackson left with a concussion, it was, it was, that was it. The Ravens season ended that very moment. So Chiefs, Bills, 5.40 p.m. on CBS. This is the second meeting between these two teams as the Chiefs beat them the first time 26-17, to a game where the Bills didn't really do much offensively. I mean, Josh Allen only had 122 yards. Diggs had 46 yards. I mean, he did have a touchdown. Beasley had 45 yards. He had a touchdown as well. But they didn't turn the ball over, and they were dominated on time of possession as well. So, this cannot be the same recipe that the Bills have if they want to top the Chiefs, a team that pretty much everybody's picking as the best team in the NFL. I mean, I talked about that time of possession. The Chiefs had the ball 15 minutes longer than the Bills. There's no way you beat a team like Kansas City if you don't even have the ball because they're going to milk the clock and they're going to score and convert because they convert on third down and fourth downs like it's nothing. I mean, we've seen Andy Reid and the gutsiness that he has to go for it on fourth down consistently at some of the most pressured situations in a single game. So the Bills are going to have to completely do something different from what they did that first go around because you can't have 206 total yards and expect to beat Kansas City. They had 206 yards total. Kansas City had 466. So you're looking at 200. The difference is, is the difference between the yards is greater than the Bills total altogether. It's 260 is the difference, and the Bills had 206. So that cannot be the case for this Bills team if they want to be back in the Super Bowl representing Buffalo for the first time in a couple decades. So Buffalo, my keys for you. First of all, get off the field on third down. Get off the field on third down. You cannot give this offense of Mahomes and Hill and Kelsey and Le'Veon Bell and and Edwards Hilaire is supposed to play. You can't give this offense second chances. If it's third and eight, get off the field on third and eight. I know it's a little more difficult when it's third and two, third and three, because they can run it, they can throw it, they bring motion, they do so many different things. You don't know how to really handle when it's a short yarded situation, but if it's third and long, third and 12, third and nine, get off the field, get the ball back for your offense, let Josh Allen do his thing, and just don't give the Chiefs extra lives. They're great with the lives they have. Don't give them an extra life or two throughout the game that could really cost you to end your season a game before you're ready to end your season. That's one key for Buffalo. My other key for the Bills is no hero ball. Josh Allen, I just need you to be Josh Allen. Make the right reads, throw the ball, dump it off when you have to, scramble with your mobility and your athleticism and your huge frame that you have. 
make plays, keep them alive from just taking what they give you. If it's not there, throw it away. If the read's not there, take off with it. Make plays with your feet. Put that Chiefs defense in a bond because they know the cannon and the arm that you have. But when you start to make plays with your feet and you can pick up first downs here and there, running and scrambling, they're going to be in a very tough predicament. So no hero ball. If it's not there, don't hold on to it and hold on to it and scramble. And, and you know, you're trying to keep the play alive and you get sacked and it's a fumble and it's a turnover. We don't need to see that Josh Allen this year. We don't need to see that ever again. So no hero ball. You have a great supporting cast offensively with Diggs and Beasley and Singletary and Gabriel Davis, Isaiah McKenzie, John Brown, Dawson Knox. You have a great supporting cast offensively. Defensively, they're good just as well with that safety tandem of Micah Hyde, Jordan Poirier. I heard an analyst say the other day he thought that was the best safety tandem in the entire NFL. Tredavious White, awesome corner. Matt Milano, great cover linebacker. I mean, just they have amazing talent on that side of the ball too i know the offense gets all the love and all the praise but that defense can shut you down just as well don't know if they're going to be able to shut down this chiefs offense but they'll definitely give their full effort and attempt in doing so so for kansas city my keys for them a team that's just coming off a 22 17 victory over the browns we know patrick mahomes got a little banged up had to leave chad henney had to finish that game but patrick mahomes is now cleared to play in the afc conference championship game as we know that he would not miss that game uh if he had anything to do with it so for the chiefs no slow start you cannot come out slow against this team you get down behind the bills 14 0 17 0 20 to 3 Oh, boy. Like, we've seen the Chiefs come back last year. We know they had three games. All of their playoff wins were comebacks of at least a 10-plus point deficit. Um, They can't do that this time. They cannot do this against this Buffalo Bills offense because this offense knows how to milk clock. They know how to move the chains, and they know how to score in a hurry. So if they get down behind this Bills offense early in the game and have to play catch-up, I don't like that recipe for the Bills. I mean, I know the Chiefs have played in a bunch of close games. I mentioned their last eight wins have all been by seven points or less. Their last eight wins have been by seven points or less. So they don't blow anybody out, but they know how to close games out and pull away with the victory at the end. So that's one. No slow start for Kansas City. My other my other key to the game is everybody eat. What do you mean everybody eat? Not just Tyreek Hill who had 87 catches, over 1,200 yards, 15 touchdowns. Not just Travis Kelsey, who had 105 catches, over 1,400 yards, and 11 touchdowns. They need more guys to contribute offensively. It can't just be the Hill and Kelsey show. And it won't be just those two. Because in that first meeting, Hill and Kelsey only combined for six catches and 59 yards. Now, Kelsey did have two touchdowns, but they only had six catches combined and 59 yards. And so... The Chiefs are going to need to get other guys involved. It can't just be the, the the Hill and Kelsey show. Mahomes will have to, similar to what I said, like in Green Bay, how Rodgers won't just be able to rely on Devontae Adams. He has to get other people involved. Same thing for Mahomes. They're going to need other guys to step up, other guys to make plays, because you know that Bill's defense will be looking to shut down Hill and Kelsey any way possible. So the question comes down to, do I believe... Do I believe in Buffalo? 
I do. I do believe, but not this year. I'm going with Kansas City to win. I need to see more out of Buffalo at this point. We've seen what they've done in the regular season. We've seen Josh Allen have a tremendous spike in his play, but they still haven't done it just yet. And I want to see that before I say they can do it. Now, I won't be surprised if they do it. And this is this is not a cop cop my way out of picking Kansas City, but hey, I'm not surprised. If they, but no, I, this is a very tough game to pick because I could see the Bills beating the Chiefs easily. Like I mentioned, if, if the Chiefs come out in a slow start, the, the, the Chiefs are in trouble. But it's just hard to go against Patrick Mahomes and that, that Kansas City team who are used to playing close games. They know just how to get it done somehow, some way. I mean, if you look at it, they could be looking for their third straight opportunity to play in the Super Bowl because we know Kansas City nearly beat um, the Patriots when D4 jumped off sides. It was an interception on that play. The Patriots going to win, and instead it's New England with another Super Bowl and not Kansas City. So the Chiefs are here. They're here to stay. They're not going anywhere anytime soon. So I'm rolling with Kansas City. We're looking at Kansas City and Tampa Bay down in Tampa for the Super Bowl. Um, like I said, these two games are not easy to pick, but that's who I'm rolling with. Like I won't be surprised if it's something completely different. But I will say this. I heard Colin Cowherd talk about it on his show. He and Joy Taylor were talking about the potential matchups. And Joy mentioned that we can't lose. Like whether it's Chiefs, Bucks, Chiefs, Packers, or Bills, Bucks, or Bills, Packers, it's going to be a great Super Bowl. Like this is a no lose situation. So no matter how the games play out, it's going to be an exciting Super Bowl nonetheless. Hey, this is Alec Plangian for the AUM Warhawks. You're listening to The Sweet Spot with Corey Bradley on the Joy FM Sports. Attorney Kaz Espy is a proud supporter of the Joy FM. Kaz has experience in both federal and state courts regarding civil matters. Specializing in bankruptcy, debt resolution, probate, and estate planning, Kaz focuses on a client's individual concerns and needs. Attorney Kaz Espy, phone 334-793-6288 or online at espymetcalf.com. No representation is made that the quality of legal services to be performed is greater than the quality of legal services performed by other lawyers. Denny Vision is a proud supporter of the Joy FM, and their number one priority is patient satisfaction. They strive to provide a positive experience from the moment each person walks into the office. Denny Vision has an optical lab to create lenses on site, along with a selection of designer optical and sunglass frames. They focus on promoting good eye health while assisting patients in having the clearest vision possible. Their doctors help see the difference, which is their slogan. Located at 151 East Main Street in Dothan, online at DennyVision.com or phone 334-793-2633. Many of us spend more time thinking about what's for dinner than thinking about retirement. But if you think your retirement deserves more attention, I can help. I'm Edward Jones Financial Advisor, Greg Wakefield. Stop by our office at 5630 West Main Street in Dothan. Edward Jones, making sense of investing. Member SIPC. Ridgecrest Baptist Church proudly supports all local athletics. At Ridgecrest, we have many opportunities for all ages, including children, middle school, high school, and college students. I'm Chase Fault, the student pastor, and I want to invite you to see how your family might fit in at Ridgecrest. Learn more on our website at rbcdothan.org.
Welcome back to The Sweet Spot as we close with today's Triple C segment, Corey's Closing Comments. This is what I want to share with you today. Loose lips sink ships. Guard your mouth and all that flows from it. You know, sometimes we have thoughts and we don't allow it to go through a filtering process. And what I mean by that is, okay, you have a thought, but it has to go through that filter on if this is something you should say. And sometimes we just have loose lips. Whatever thought comes about, we let it come right out of our mouth. And that's not how we should live because those loose lips can sink ships. You can um, destroy friendships and relationships. And you can just tear down a person's character and the confidence that they may have in a particular situation or a dream that they may have. So be careful with those lips. They can be loose sometimes, I know as well from experience. So just try to make sure those thoughts that you have, let it go through that filter process. Because once words come out your mouth, you can't get them back. You can say, I'm sorry, you can apologize all you want. But those words that leave your tongue are out there forever. And as we always say, there's nothing better than being in the sweet spot. Stay in the sweet spot on the Joy FM Sports Facebook page. This has been a presentation of the Joy FM Sports. It's more than a game.